Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the episode, and please don't forget to subscribe and follow. Let's begin. Welcome, everyone, to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow. Uh, in the studio today is my guest, Scott Arias. Scott, welcome. Morning. How are you doing? Well, afternoon now. Well, yeah, after it's been a long day, but it, for a Monday. <laughs> it's a Monday. Things are going okay. Yeah, things are going good. So, um, so you know, let's just, you know, what, what we're going to do, Mark, uh, my co-host, Mark Mosher, is over um, in our roving studios. He's over in a, uh, uh, another meeting down, uh, down in uh, Kentucky, but he is going to be joining us shortly for a little brand culture trivia with you. And uh, until then, um, uh, why don't we start from the top? Tell our listeners kind of who you are and what it is uh, that you do. Well, um, my name is Scott Adias. I am the CEO of uh, the Ace Group, uh, yep. better known as TAG in my company. And uh, we have five different companies that work underneath the Ace Group. Uh, we do, we're on track to do between 11 and 12 million this year. That's great, uh, even for, with COVID, right? Yeah, so we, you know, I actually looked at the numbers compared to last year and we had one month that we were lower. And that's oh, right great. when COVID happened. Well, so, I love hearing that. I love you know, hearing that. Because, so that, that, yeah, so many people are struggling, and it's really good just to hear businesses doing okay, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I was a little concerned, but we just buckled down and focused, and that's what we yeah. were able to do. And That's uh, great. So what, what's the mission of your organization? Like well, now, now uh, what it says on the website, like yeah. really from you, kind of why do you do what you do? Why should people genuinely care, right? Well, my my vision for the company, and and it's on my website, but it's also something we talk about at every meeting, Good. is we're in the business of building the kingdom, and uh, there's three parts of that. We got business, you know, you got to have a successful business model um, in order to do anything. Uh, building because we're in construction and kingdom because we're a christian-based organization and we take 15 percent of our our uh our profits and we dedicate we have a an agreement with the lexington leadership foundation and they uh they take that money and they give it they vet all the organizations and they give it to the people uh that are in really desperate need of it you know during this COVID thing the money that we donated um you know, you're talking about several hundreds of thousands of dollars, and the 
the money money that we donated during that period of time helped kind of take care of some of the uh, nonprofits that were subsidized by you know the state of Kentucky or the city of Lexington and so we help you know f- feed people and do different things so um, that's fantastic well, now where, where what city are you guys based out of we're we're in Nicholasville Kentucky which is right outside Lexington I mean okay I'm like five minutes from Lexington yep very so, very familiar with it we just interviewed the Wrigley group and they're based oh, okay. right th- yeah they're based right there in in Lexington obviously it's the Wrigley family that owns yes. the, you know owns the Cubs and the and Wrigley Field back in the day but this is the the media group uh, portion of that family and uh, um, they've they love Lexington, and they just were, were talking all about it. It was so interesting to hear. Well, I tell you, I, I've lived a lot of places in my life, and I'd have to say Lexington is probably my favorite place to live. Well, it's beautiful. Like what, I always, what I'm always shocked by is it's exactly what people would think of when they think of Kentucky. Like the rolling hills, the horse farms, all the bluegrass. Like it's absolutely stunning. Well, when you fly in, all you see is the horse farms. Yeah, which is a, absolutely stunning. I think, I think that's by – by not by accident by purpose you know so yeah. oh, but yeah. uh but, absolutely uh, but um so that that's you know that's our our vision for the uh, for and the reason that kind of came about and kind of back up a little bit is um i became a you know you know I, people like to use the word uh, born again christian i say mm-hmm. i became saved um mm-hmm. i grew up as a catholic and uh, mm-hmm. uh kind of joined the military and um the military was not conducive to a good christian lifestyle at times <laughs> I'll just put yeah. it so, so uh so but uh i was in a real bad motorcycle accident lost my lower left leg oh and, i'm uh, so sorry i had no idea from, from that you know, I kind of renewed my faith a little bit, and yeah, and uh, and so that's kind of that's kind of what kind of went down this road. Why? We're well, that's great. And and is there any like specific denomination of Christianity, or is it just all? Is it like unified? We go to Southland Christian Church, and it's a oh, it's, of course, it's it's yeah. okay. So it's a non denominational, and yeah, and. You know, uh, my wife was uh, um, was uh, Methodist, and I was Catholic. So we just it, – it, it's funny. Well, you, you know Southland, but uh, I'm yeah. not sure you're familiar with Willow Creek, are you? No, I sure am. I'm from Chicago originally. Willow oh, okay. Creek is, Willow Creek is huge. Yeah, we, we lived in uh, – I task. I don't know if you know yep. that. That is I by, sure by Schomburg. Yeah, I and sure know. The guy, the engineer I work with, went to Willow Creek, and the first weekend I went there, Mike Bro was speaking. Wow! So it's a small world because Mike Bro is the one who kind of grew Southland, and yeah. then when we came down here to Lexington, I got a job opportunity down here. It, I found a house that's like three miles from Southland Christian. So oh, that's great. it all, everything kind of lined up. I, I think, yeah. I think God has a good sense of humor because yeah. he <laughs> loves lining things up perfectly, you know? So that's great. That's great. So, so you're in the uh, construction trade. You have a really good, um, I mean, you have an excellent brand. Like I see you on social media. I see you everywhere. So how are you, how are, how are you guys developing your brand? Well, uh, you know, well, first off is that one of the items that we recognized when we went from Ace Consulting to these five different organ- uh, subsidiaries is it's very important branding-wise to say what you do, you know? Oh, yeah. Because cons- consulting, unfortunately, you know, I started Ace Consulting 13 years ago, and consulting is 
a really vague term. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so we that's why we, we have Ace Security, Ace Academy, Ace Construction, yep. Ace Facilities Management. So uh, that's one that's one way to just say what we do. And then we all... We also, um, you know, I have somebody assigned to, that handles all my social media and, uh, you know, and, and discussing things with new clients because we have about 3,500 clients altogether. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah. Worldwide. Are they mostly so, regional based, like in the Midwest, or are they all over? Actually, not. They're all over the place. We have, oh, okay. You know, we have, we've had, we've done work in Greenland. <laughs> we've done work wow. in Germany. Uh, we've done work in Alaska. Not a lot, you know, because we focus on federal government uh, construction. I should okay. say focus, but we do a lot of that, about 80% of what we do. And mm-hmm. obviously there's not, you know, you got Fort Knox, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, beyond that, Fort Campbell. But beyond that, you don't really have too many military bases. So really the most of our work is focused on where there's military installations. Now let me ask you this. Um, the – uh, the academy. What is that? The Ace Academy. That yeah. Like, well, can you explain that? Well, I yeah. And uh, if you go into my past life, um, well, I was a kind of back up even further. I was a high school dropout. I joined the Navy because mm-hmm. I came from a poor environment and I wanted a way to get out. And I didn't want to wait till I graduated. It wasn't I was a poor student? I just didn't see the value in school. But after I got in the service, I realized, you know. Education is crucial. So I started going to school, and before you know it, um, I had re- received my uh, my fourth degree. It was a master's degree in project management, and uh, I thought about teaching. And so when Ace Consulting first started, uh, you know, I just, you know, I, I, I figured I'd be, be able to do both, you know, for a while. And then one day I woke up 10 years later, and I spent a decade at Eastern, and I was in charge of the construction management program. And uh, um, I, my, my, our, my business was 87 people, $10 million. And, wow. and, <laughs> and, and we, it was just too much to handle both. So uh, I'm really a big believer in their program they have at Eastern. In fact, we're, we're a contributor and we, uh, we endowed a scholarship this past year. And so ACE Academy, uh, you know, construction, we're always lagging education wise. It seems like we are. Uh, so, um, it's really, it helps fill the gap from scheduling and anything construction or project management oriented. We pretty much provide that kind of training. We do it with, and we have partners like AGC. AGC is a partner of ours. We do training for them and, uh, big companies like Turner and Kiwit. We, you know, mm-hmm. we, we provide them, uh, online and in-person instruction. Okay. So that's great. Um, so you work with big names like Turner Construction and things like that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people think, well, you know, with what you guys do, maybe you only work with smaller 8A contractors or, you know, disadvantaged entities. But the truth is, is that it's all over the place. You know, we, you know, we have multi-billion dollar corporations and then we have companies that just started that have never even done a federal job. So it's a good uh-huh. mix of different things. So let me ask you this. This is a question that we always ask, and that is, what what shaped you? Like, what what event or person? It sounds to me like the military did, or something caused you that shaped you. That that I don't. 
with every guest, it's a little different, but some of them that we've, inter- I mean, we've interviewed, you know, CEOs of these founders, some of these kids that have started these huge startups, some of these people that have been in Silicon Valley. And it seems to be, there's always a life episode that just like either they were, they were raised in poverty or they were raised in something. And it's, and it's that taste in their mouth that the, that is like, that will never happen again. Or I'm going to do. I'm going to wake up every day to to try my best to make sure that it never happens again. Because not everything's within our control, obviously. But absolutely, um, you know, I guess I, I guess my thing. I, I I unfortunately am either accident prone or have had many of those life experiences. <laughs> but 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 uh, me too. Uh, <laughs> okay. If, if you ask ask me about a specific incident, uh, incident yeah, just one or like a are there events that shaped you? Like, what are the top things that you think really shaped you and give you? Because obviously, you're successful, you're you're driven, and you know you've got a great meaning behind your brand. You know how'd that happen? Right? Well, when I was 27, uh, I was involved in a pretty major motorcycle accident. I got hit head on by another vehicle and I was doing 40. She was doing the lady behind the wheel was doing 40. Um, I swerved to miss her. She, my foot got, uh, crushed between the front of her car and the engine of my motorcycle. I got thrown off the bike. Um, once again, make a long story short, I went. I spent 11 months recovering. I was in the Navy during this period of time. Navy was going to retire me. I, I lost my lower left leg. I had a compound uh, femur fracture and, you know, collapsed lungs and a whole bunch of different stuff. And mm-hmm. for me, um, that was like a crucial moment in my life for a lot of things, you know. Number one, I think I, I got, got kind of my head screwed on straight. And I was a, you know, when you come from poverty, you don't want to go back to poverty. <laughs> no. You know, no, I mean, exactly right. Because people that haven't had it seem almost like there's some glory in it. And it's like, you know, just, you know, we all want to get everybody out of it. Right. Because it's just not, it's not healthy. It's not. Fun. And you know, I, I tell everybody who asks me, I, I say, you know, if, if you if you ask me why do people in poverty want to you know um, dr- have the drive to be successful or whatever it's just because when you see the other side of things um, just makes a whole different 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 difference yeah. you know and my children today you know my my children has have lived a, a pretty comfortable lifestyle by mm-hmm. my by the standards I grew up yeah. and um, my kids are di- are different in a lot of ways I could they'd want to break break away from me and do their own thing all of them all have this thing that they want to earn their own way you know mm-hmm. um and I, I i really respect that even though i wish they understood that i didn't get where i'm at today by myself i always had right. help from many different people that's exactly right like we so, didn't uh, we didn't we didn't do it on our own right like it's there it's 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 a team effort in 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 a one hundred percent is so you know I always say you can't do a good deal with a bad uh, a bad person and uh, I just have been so fortunate to be blessed with a whole bunch of good people um, at the right times in my life. Hey everyone, Mark and I are really excited about a special feature we have coming up about the rise and the challenges of this technology transportation company that has literally changed the world. It experienced explosive growth but had constant controversy, making it one of the most fascinating companies to emerge over the past two decades. 
The firm, which was founded back in 2009, soon grew to become one of the highest-valued private startup companies in the world. And yet its leadership, culture, and business practices have all been called into question, and the brand itself has been under seemingly constant attack. Join us as we explore the rise, the challenges of this technology transportation company. We've all used it and the leaders who are now trying to save it today. Join us as we discuss the rise and fall of Uber Technologies. And uh, that really that really helped me tremendously. Um, actually, and this will take one minute, but no, I, that's good. The the story that I have related to um, where life kind of changed for me is I don't know if you've ever read the uh, Mother Teresa has a has a poem. Oh, um, tell, like is it going to be like the one where um, when people are rude and selfish, you be kind anyway? When people yes. are. That's the best. I say that to my family. I always call it the do it do it anyways. Do it anyways. It's a fantastic poem. It's a it's just it's it's hard because you know what? A lot of times you have to take the high road in things and it seems unfair and whatever, but I mean for me, the best the, the the entrepreneur I look up to more than anything was Mother Teresa. And people don't think of Mother Teresa as an entrepreneur. Oh, but, she completely was. Oh, but yeah. she, she, she set up 600 orphanages, you right. know, thousands of charitable institutions. This, this lady had it, you know, on top yep. of being selfish and selfless and all the other things that, that she stood for. I mean, she really understood for someone who went into the you know to, to being a nun when she was 18 years old and then living in impoverished places i mean she made such a big difference and i, I actually i have that that poem i call it a poem but the, the do it anyway thing uh poem on my wall oh, yeah. in my office yep and uh every that's time my I'm, favorite one that's I, my absolute favorite one and i i actually say that with my family before most meaningful you know celebrations or meals it's just it's just so it's just so significant you know oh, yeah. and it's so countercultural and i you know i thought for a long time in order to be a ceo of a multimillion dollar company or president of a multimillion dollar company i would have to cash some of those um characteristics in some of those some of those you know like being humble and right. uh, and doing the right thing i always thought that you had to cash those in and I was pretty much told that by the world. But the great thing about once I was introduced to that that poem, and then I realized, gosh, you can be successful if you just do the right things, and people want to be around that. And I, that's kind of been, yeah. I'd have to say, a really big key to my success is, it's just don't worry about who gets the credit. You know, um, I mean, if we all win, we win together. So right, that's exactly right. Oh, that's fantastic. That's good. So, what's on the uh, what's on the agenda? What are some of the things that you're working on right now that you're most passionate about? Well, we have I have nine years um, until I'm I'm 45 now. Um, at 55, almost 46, and at 55, we tan- we plan to turn the company over to an employee-owned organization. Oh, and the okay. reason, great. The reason we're doing that is number one, I think the worst thing you can do for your kids is inheritance. 
<laughs> so isn't that isn't that interesting? Yeah, because, hey. yeah. I mean, think about it because it is it's it's sometimes it's a curse. It's kind of like when people win the lottery, right? Such a high percentage of them fail, right? And they're and they go through the money. Averages is three to five years. They go yeah. through all that money. And and everybody thinks, oh, that won't be me. That won't be me. And then people that win the lottery do that exact same thing. So my kids was the first reason. The second reason is is that um, we're working in a different generation. My exposure to Eastern and these young younger children—I shouldn't say children, but the millennials—you know—they mm-hmm. think differently. A lot of them don't. You know, average number of jobs that these millennials has are are six different career. Uh, jobs in their career um i have some really good people and i want to keep them so the best yeah. way to keep them is give them a stake and that's what i did is i i'm giving them a stake and in nine years we transition i'm probably going to hang out for three to five years after then because mm-hmm. that's normally how the the you know these the buyout uh, thing happens yeah. right so uh so and then after that um i have no idea what i'm gonna yeah. do yeah <laughs> well it'll just be the next brand it'll be your next brand it'll be your yeah. next I was told to read the book uh, Halftime because uh, there's a book that talks about what you do when you actually are done with what your professional career is going to be. I don't consider myself done at 55, but but uh, I really do want to do something that makes a pretty good impact on the world. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. I mean, do you have any idea what you think that might be? Or Well, I, I've written three books, and I think maybe – Maybe writing is going to be another one. The other one is, is that I'm, I'm kind of handy. I, you know, I want to build a car from scratch. Um, I'm a car fanatic. What What are the books that that you wrote? Uh, my first book was uh, "Pick Up Your Mat and Walk," hmm. um, and that's a. It's not really a story of my life, although my life has pieces in there. It's really mm-hmm. about eight principles that kind of live your life by. Uh, related to that the second one is a is a veterans book it's um uh veteran entrepreneurs how do you you know transition from the service into it excellent and i have that one and then the one i'm working on right now is um uh i don't have a title yet but it's it's basically what do you have to do on a daily basis what are things that you have to do to kind of plan your life out in order to be successful whatever success means to somebody. So I think a lot of people have goals and write those things down, but a lot of people don't write down what they need to do today in order to get to that goal. So if you want to run a marathon, you can't just go run a marathon. You got to go out and run today. You got to build up. You got to condition and condition and condition. So, and that same thing, that same thing applies for, you know, I have five college degrees. I didn't get that from nothing. That was studying and studying and studying and persevering. Uh, through through difficult times, but that's what you have to do. And eventually, there's a there's the other side of it. So. That's fantastic. So you have five degrees. You want to explain that to the listeners? Like, what are they in, and what are you doing? Like, why do you uh, have, why do you have five degrees? Um, I've got a bunch. I've got a bunch, and I don't use any of them anymore. <laughs> well, so I'm still well, to well out. the real the the real reason I got it is because my father in law was probably one of the most successful people I know, uh, business wise, and he he never went. He took a few college classes, but never finished a degree. And mm-hmm. he says the key to key to success is a good education. So I yeah. kind of took that and I ran with it. So I have two degree two associates. Um, both uh, one in construction, one in business, a bachelor's in construction, a master's in uh, project management, and a PhD in construction management. 
That's excellent. That's fantastic. Holy cow. And where did you do, where did you do a lot of that? Was it down um, in Kentucky or was it up in Chicago or uh, the, the my PhD there's only really one there's only one institution that awards a PhD in construction management and that's Indiana State University. Oh yeah. So that's where yep. I finished my uh, PhD and then my other work was through uh, was through uh, Rutgers slash Thomas Edison State College, which is a university out there yep. uh, in New Jersey. And the reason we chose them is because I traveled all over the world. You know, I was in Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom. So I had to have something that could transport with me. And so yeah. that's kind of what I did. Well, so you're one of the most educated and smart guys I've ever met and the most Christian and kind guys. Now let me introduce <laughs> you to the opposite of that, my co-host, Mark Mosher, who just joined us in the studio. What a, what a perfect segue right there. <laughs> hey, Mark, before you showed up, he actually was saying really nice things about you. Yeah, he always does that when I'm not around. So I'm not Yeah, sure. it's never when he's, never I take when he's believe, around. I, I take you as a believable man, Scott, so I'll take your word on this. <laughs> So Scott is a veteran. Well, I'll let you listen to the episode and get caught up. But I mean, Scott is a veteran and has five different degrees. He has built a business. Uh, has three different tiers to it, Mark. Really, really fascinating. Um, he was injured um, while in the military. He, um, and um, uh, his, uh, his kind of driver in the um, he was born in poverty and now has built this multi-million dollar faith-based organization um, in the construction trade. They do work all over the country, all over the world, actually. And um, he even um, has Mother Teresa as like his role model. And yeah. it's because, I mean, it's Mother Teresa's poem, the one you and I have discussed, uh, the one about just do it anyway, right? And um like just take the high road because at the end of the day, it's between you and God. It's never between you and them anyway. Right. Yep. And um, he also uh, uh, talks about how he's going to turn over his business to you and me when he's done. <laughs> and I'm really excited about that because we were talking about how he didn't want to give it all to his kids because he didn't want them to be spoiled. But you and I are, Older than yeah, we're right there. Yeah. We're here, we're here, we're here. You can be spoiled. You get, you get an extra man. couple percent because yeah. you got a good goatee. Yeah. yeah, he does, doesn't he? Right. Now he's ba he's based down in Lexington too. Yeah. Oh, that, okay. Actually, that was going to be my first uh, first question for you. I saw you're there in Nicholasville. Uh, so you a Cats fan? Uh, I I am. Okay. And the funny thing is, is I really didn't ever watch college basketball until I moved to Kentucky. <laughs> you know, they, they make it there. They hey, make when I sh when I showed up here, that's when they were they fired Tubby Smith. Oh, and I remember yeah. driving around looking for a house, and that was on the radio. That was a big deal, you know. So, oh heck yeah. yeah, that's so funny. Well, you are just in time for a little brand culture trivia. Oh, so <laughs> so so Scott here. I'm going to pause the recording because I'm going to play the intro. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome everyone to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely. The rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want. And the first one to give the right answer wins a point. 
The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. What is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. But we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. <laughs> that is why grown men should not have a podcast. Okay, so um, so the rules are: I'm gonna I'm gonna give you like a slogan, and. Um, you're going to tell me what the brand or company name is, right? And both of you are going to guess as many answers as you want as fast as you can, right? For example, if I say the slogan is just do it, the answer is Nike. So the first one to say the word Nike wins the point. First one to three points wins the game. All right? Are we on board? We got it? We're good. All right. All right. So now... I think you know brands, so let me see what I can do. The Here's the slogan. Tell me the brand. The best a man can get. Aquavelva. Close. Keep guessing. Keep guessing. That's not right. Uh, the best a man can get. Old Spice. Ooh, that's what I was going to say. That's a close one, too. Usually Mark says like Marlboro or something like that. That was my first guess. (laughs) And he's had this question several times. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's Marlboro. I don't know whether it's not. All the people in the Marlboro marketing department are like, seriously, get this guy off the air. (laughs) Old Spice. Um... All right, I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it. Okay, the answer is Gillette. The best ah! man can get. Remember those commercials? Best a man can get. All right, I'm going to keep keep going. Keep going here. Um, blank gives you wings. Red Bull. Yes. Oh, I didn't even hit. <laughs> you didn't have what? Is, is your audio good. not working? <laughs> what did you not have? I needed to hear it in the, the form of a question. <laughs> what gives you wings? <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is one to nothing. Good job, Scott. That was great. Um, let me think of a good one. Here's one. Oh, this is a tough one. If you guys don't get this one. I won't blame you. All for freedom, freedom for all. Mastercard. No. Hilton. Not Hilton. All for freedom, freedom for all. And when I tell you the brand, it's always shocking to people because a lot of people are very familiar with the brand. It's really well known. Adidas. Nope. It's really well known. Yes, Adidas is really well known in a different industry. Not Hilton, Holiday Inn. No, it's all for freedom, freedom for all. Think of a pure American brand. Freedom. I'll give you a hint. Easy Rider. 
Harley. Yes. Harley Davidson. <laughs> now, Harley Davidson is a phenomenal brand. People have the tattoos, like they have the brand logo tattooed on their bodies. Yet, a lot of them don't even know that the slogan is all for freedom, freedom for all. Right? Like that slogan itself isn't really as well known as the logo of Harley Davidson. It's a great company. I thought it was. I was riding. I'm riding a better bike yeah. than you are. <laughs> but, but mine cost more bike. I <laughs> know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this bike costs more and has a lower sound. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me find another one. Mm-hmm. Oh, the happiest place on earth. Mastercard. No. No. Ooh. Revolving debt is not the happiest place on earth, Mark. American Express? Disney? Um, yes, Disney's Scott, and we have a winner. So. Good job, man. Way to go, Mark. I didn't even stop and pause and remind you of the obvious math. Uh, that <laughs> is that if you had 100,000 times as many points as you had, which is zero, Scott would still be winning. Yeah. So now he's the winner. Glad we avoided that. Uh, congratulations. You are the winner of, what is it, 14,864 Brandology bucks. They're redeemable in our e-commerce site, which is under construction. Um, <laughs> we blame COVID. But on there, once it gets up there, those Brandology bucks will be, uh, you can get it. Fully redeemable. What do we have on there, Mark? I think we have a Rolex on there. We've got a, a, a Rolls Royce, a convertible yeah. Jag. There's a bunch yeah. of stuff. Really cool stuff. <laughs> It's yeah. coming soon. Yeah, it's just not up yet. It's just not up yet. We'll do blame COVID. All right. So um, what's your, let me ask you, you know, what's the culture that you have developed in your organization? Obviously, you're Christian-based. But what is the culture? You seem like, I mean, you're somebody who has come from nothing and has built up a great brand. What is your, like, if we were to ask some employees, like, what's the culture like? Well, that's actually a really good question. And, um, well, first off, I do want to say uh, I'm a sailor and a construction worker. So, so nobody swears ever. So, so swearing ever is... Swears is <laughs> so, so I tell people, uh, you know, you can watch my actions. I, I need to watch my mouth. But, uh, but uh, the... We actually have a very different culture. Well, one of them being, and let me describe it real quick for you. We don't have a vac- we don't have a vacation policy because oh. if you want to take vacation, you yep. take vacation. You make the choice. We don't track it. We don't keep it. But the but the other side of the coin is is that you are responsible for your job. Mm-hmm. So you know you own your you own your job. So that's one thing. The other thing is is that I am very into like having a having a fun environment to work in. Um, and I think that kind of came, came, I wasn't always like that. That kind of came about, um, I'd have to say, uh, after I lost my leg, cause I realized life is too short to be upset all the time. Right. So, or serious all the time. So I just, you know, decided we we're having a good time. And, and here's a good example. Uh, we have little, some little mini scooters in the office. We ride around back and forth between the offices. Excellent. Um, we take, 
I pay for everybody to take a vacation together once a year, usually in June. Oh, wow, um, that's great. So we went to Myrtle Beach, not this year, but last year we went to Myrtle Beach, uh, rented a huge house, and we just spent a week kind of hanging out with each other. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, that we don't really have a standard, we, standard working hours. We have, you know, so for some of the hourly employees, we have uh, their schedule works, but most people are salary. And, you know, you kind of come and go as you need you, you, you need to, um, and that flexibility is that's why I tell people once you work here, it's going to be tough for you to work anywhere else because we have a lot of flexibility. And if I were to describe our organization better than anything, I would simply say one word and that's autonomy because mm-hmm. I'm 100%, 100% a believer in letting people do what they need to do. Give them all the resources, all the power. I say as a CEO, I have two, I have two uh, missions. That's to mitigate risk and allocate resources. Everything else is the weeds and you know for some for for someone to own that now it's not like i never go back and talk to them or we never do updates i'm a i'm a big believer in you know having goals and assessing them or whatever but very light environment uh the other thing is is that you know because we don't have walk-in clients most people wear shorts or jeans and t-shirts to work every day Mm -hmm. you know and um that's just that's just me. Uh, you can see me today, you know. Uh, I am definitely not the typical CEO. <laughs> Number one is I like, wearing, I like wearing T-shirts and jeans to work every day. I also, when I go to a business meeting, I normally have to wear long sleeves, and this is why. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so the, you know, I'm very, I'm, I'm very atypical in, you know, in the realm that I am in. Um, well, that's great, though. I mean, that's what we look for for podcast guests, too, right? I mean, we, we want – because I think people have a very old-fashioned view of what it takes to be successful in the United States. And really, if you study history and you study the business entrepreneurs that have done it, they've all been revolutionaries. They've all bucked the trends. Like everybody, you know, like it's – which Look is funny because, like, if you, if you like Steve Jobs always wore shorts and a black turtleneck, and he was going in what industry was he in? He was in the industry going against IBM, the people of the blue suits, mm-hmm. right? The blue suit company, right? The uptight white male blue suit company, and this kind of hippie from California is there wearing his like shorts and his you know, uh, uh, black turtlenecks and completely transformed the industry and tra- changed our lives forever. And, and you know what? The, it's funny you say that because if you look at any, like, look at some of the more pronounced CEOs, you know, like uh, like Elon Musk, for example. Yes. Very non-typical, you know? Absolutely. Um, and uh, you think of Mark Zuckerberg. Yep. I mean, what is he known for? The black T-shirt, you know, right. or you know, the I mean, hoodie, so- the hoodie, and wearing like the the Adidas slip-on, uh, the uh, the Adidas slip-ons to like business meetings. You know, and and you know what? That's what. And I I kind of tra- track and you know chalk that up to, you know, people want to be around people who are different, but still obviously. Because it takes that kind of reality to to come up with some things. My industry, uh, I mean, 
the work existed, but there was really no division one construction entity out there. So we were new and we're still fairly new in the industry. Most people I talk with are saying, well, I didn't even know somebody does that. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, cool. but, but that's what it takes for me. It was never about, Hey, I want to be a big time CEO. So I need to be different for me. It was just, Hey, this is who I am. Like mm -hmm. it or not. You know, I, I have sleeve tattoos, I like to have a good time. I like to laugh and enjoy, um, but you know, uh, but I'm still the guy you need to, you you need to have on your side, you know. So, um, so that's that's excellent. I think that's a human nature kind of thing too, right? When you look to leaders or to be inspired by leaders, you don't want somebody that just fits in a mold. You you know, and now it's it's there's even more expected of leaders today. It's and you don't want somebody that's just gonna you know that breaks the mold. You want somebody that's going to rethink it and remake the mold, yeah. right? Somebody, a visionary, a leader. And that's, that's, at least for me, that's what inspires me. And I've, I would look to that to, to anyone in leadership. And that's, I think, what people gravitate and want to help produce for and drive that vision forward. And, and on, and on a, another more important point is generosity is so is is such a rare thing in today's society used to, you people are used to like i get so i can keep and i can hold it we i have a different mentality and my mentality is this is that when i get money i want to make sure that everybody was involved with me is taken care of because i want to change not only my life and my kids lives but their lives also so that's one of the one of the real big reasons I really think, you know, everybody in our company from our intern to, you know, the chief operations officer, everyone is going to own a piece of the business. And we've already identified what that piece is. Now it's just a matter of we have a growth plan and we get to that growth plan, you know, so. You know, um, I think that's great because, you know, everybody's got skin in the game at that point. It's not just I'm just showing up because that's what I got to do to get a check. It's no, I'm going that extra step because this this is part of me. This is what I'm building. So that's a that's a great thing. I think that's really uh, it's innovative and it makes a, a whole lot of sense. I'm just surprised more people don't don't think about that. You yeah, know, if you think about it, that's I mean, it's a I don't want to say it's easy to do, but man, the the return on on your investment for something like that is is exponential. It's not not even you can't measure it. So, Scott, I want to thank you for your time today. And as we wrap things up, Mark has a question that he always asks of our guests. And so I'm going to let him ask it. I do, but for Scott, I think I'm going to switch it up. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> really I, do. I like that. And then I'll, then I'll ask him the question I always do. But I got to ask, you mentioned a uh, sailor. So I, I worked in a Hinkley shipyard down in the Caribbean for six months. So anytime though I hear the word sailing, I immediately perk up. So sailboats power boats what's uh, what's your flavor well i when i say sailor uh i refer to my naval service i was actually a cb which is construction okay. uh yeah. Con yeah. we you know combat construction but the funny thing is, is that i spent 12 years in the navy before i had to medically retire and then uh that 12 years i spent seven days on board ship wow. <laughs> <So> <laughs> And I tell I tell people you want to talk about stepping into a, like a like a, a black hole. Well, I joined the service, and when I chose the service, I chose the Navy because my brother was in it. And uh, the, the the funny thing is, is that um, 
I couldn't swim all that well when I joined the Navy. In fact, I almost didn't pass the swim test when I went to boot camp. So, uh, and I get seasick like crazy. So, hey, step out into the unknown, you know? So, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, as we wrap up, um, yeah, I do have, I have one question that I always ask, and, and the listeners enjoy it because the response, the delta, the, the different uh, answers are so great. And it's, it's just curious, and, and this is really deep, so you gotta, you got to focus in here. <laughs> when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grow up? The, that's actually that's a great question. I know, actually. right? If, if that's a great it, question. I, you know, my 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 answer is actually a little probably different than most people, but I wanted to be successful. Didn't matter what, I just want to be successful in everything I did. So uh, it wasn't like I wanted to be a fireman or a, a police officer or a businessman. I just wanted to be successful in anything. So and that's kind of how I attacked life. Every opportunity that came up, I just gave all I had into it because my desire to succeed was so prevalent that it didn't matter what I did. If it was shoveling a hole or if it was, you know, starting a business, I just gave everything to it. So that's great. That's, that's fantastic. I know the listeners really like that answer as well. That was some really good words of wisdom. Well, as we bring it to a close, um, something been burning that I wanted to get off my mind and, and tell you, thank you for your service from the heart. You're, thank you. you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, and that's, it was actually my, it was actually my pleasure because the Navy was one of the best things ever happened to me in my life. Yeah. We'll have to um, – we're not doing it this year. Every year for the Army-Navy game, we ran out a, a little um, local pub, and we set up some outdoor tents. Uh, we have a huge – we've got veterans from all airs come in. We've got a huge representation for the Navy and the Army there. There's awards given out. Um, I'll, I don't think we're going to do it this year because of – obviously because of football and mm -hmm. COVID. But when we start that back up, you'll be at the top of my invitation list. Well, anytime you have football and adult <laughs> beverages, I'm there. All right. <laughs> we'll just say the Mother Teresa poem before we crack it open. <laughs> hey, hey, God never said, you know, God, God, God said uh, wine instead of water. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Bar yeah. Barley is natural. Like... <laughs> It's natural. Like all this stuff is natural. Everything in moderation. Everything exactly. in moderation. Exactly. Yeah. All good. Uh, Scott, it's been Scott, a pleasure. I'm sure this is not our last conversation. No, I hope so, not. No, absolutely. We will definitely stay in touch with you, sir. Well, it was great talking to you guys. And yeah, I'm glad we got this organized. Sorry about the schedule. No, that, hey, that, that, you know how, you I know how schedules are. I have to do Mark's are. job for him half the time. So it's usually <laughs> – I'm running around all over the place because there are people are often, as Mother Teresa said, she, people are often unreasonable, still be nice anyway. <laughs> so, that's what I do. Exactly. All right. Hey, I appreciate it, fellas, and keep. All right. Enjoy your afternoon, sir. Thank you. you. Thanks, Scott. All right, See bye, you, bud. Okay, bud. Mark and I want to take a moment and thank everyone that listens and subscribes to our podcast it means a lot we're truly trying to make this one that we ourselves would find interesting and find entertaining um, if you have any questions comments concerns or ideas for subjects great brands that have risen and fallen great case studies or fantastic guests that you'd like to see please reach out to us brandology podcast staff at gmail.com. That's brandology podcast staff at gmail.com.
Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 